Are we up, Mark? All right. Okay, guys. Uh, listen up. We're uh, we're up and rolling. If you're watching us online, we're glad you're you've joined us. You've talked. You found Central Church of Christ in Victoria, Texas, and this is our Bible study on Sunday morning. We are live. Uh, my name's Dan Spaeth. I'm one of the elders here. I know you can't read this, but that's what it says. Uh, and uh, we are uh, we are in we're studying the, the letters from Paul to Timothy. We're in First Timothy, going to start chapter three this morning. Uh, so uh, I want you guys in here to be pay special attention to things that we're going to talk about. Because I've got some questions to ask you at the end. Uh, are, are somewhere, I'm going to be watching the clock so I know when to go to them, but, uh, because I want to ask you some specific questions about what we're going to talk about, okay? So, uh, yeah, I guess all of you know that, uh, Sid Brown went home, uh, mm -hmm. Friday night. Uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, we went, Cole and I went to see him Friday morning, and Cole was pretty sure that, uh, it was, it was not going to go well, uh. You know, it's it's fun to go with him because he goes straight to the monitors like this, and he starts looking at things like this, like looking at medicine and stuff. And I don't have a clue what that stuff says. And so when we went out in foyer and he could talk to Bender, it was, uh, you know, he could he could let her know what was going on, what in, in terms that she would understand. So, but anyway, uh, you know, it was good. And he was he was talkative and he was ready. He was he's ready to go. She was ready. She, she they were both ready. So. You know, it's a, this is truly going to be a celebration when we do this funeral. It'll be a celebration. So, and then Don lost his dad the other day. And, uh, you know, we're sorry for that, Don. I, I, you know, our to with you. And sorry for your loss. Uh, but you know, when we get old, the expectation is we're going to go at some point. You know, so. But. Huh? Gotta be ready. Gotta be ready. Yeah, gotta be ready. Uh, what we talked about Friday night. So. Come on in, guys. We'll let everybody get seated, and then we'll then we'll pray and get started. Like I said, we're going to be in chapter three, First Timothy, chapter three. Okay, uh, let's pray, guys. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. I'm so grateful for this family, uh, for the connection, the camaraderie we have, and uh, I can't say thank you enough for this for this family. If we have folks that are watching or looking for a church home. Uh, this is a great place, and these are great people. These are people that love and love unconditionally, and I thank you so much for that. Father, we ask your blessings upon Don and his family. We uh, we pray for, for him as he as he uh, uh, grieves the loss of his dad, and we pray for, the, for Bender and her family as they grieve the loss of Sid. We pray your blessings on both those families, and help us to be an encouragement and an inspiration to both of them in any way that we can. Father, as we study this morning and as we worship this morning, our whole goal is to glorify you. Help us to do that, Father. Help us to make sure that through everything we do and everything we learn, it'll be a glorification to you, and that we take this with us after we leave this place and take it into this lost world and, and glorify you there as well. Thank you, Father. Bless us in all of our situations. Every family has things going on, and I just pray your blessings upon each one of us. And thanks, thank you again for your son. In his name that we pray. Amen. Before we start verse 1, I want you to turn, I mean, stay in that, that letter, in that chapter, and I want you to look at verse 14. These are, these are two letters that Paul is writing to a young preacher named Timothy, 
at Ephesus. Ephesus is, a, is a, not, a, not a kind place to be. They've already run Paul off, tried to kill him. And so he leaves Timothy there. I don't know if that was a blessing or a curse for Timothy. But, uh, but you know, Timothy is, is there, and he is charged with the responsibility as he's there. And uh, a lot of the things that he's going to talk about to the early church, we can learn from. Okay? And I really want you to look at verse 14 and 15. Look at what he says. Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. He tells, he tells the young Timothy that I would love to come to see you, but if I can't, I'm giving you these instructions so that the people in the church, that the church will know how to conduct itself because it is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. That is still true today as it was then. With these instructions we can learn from, today, just as, as, as Timothy taught it to the church in Ephesus then, they are still relevant. You know, we talked about that before. There's a whole culture out there of people that says the Bible's no longer relevant. When it comes to situations they don't like, when it comes to situations they don't agree with, things that they, they would rather they have their own opinion on, they negate the Bible, go away from it, says it's not true, it's not God's word, and besides, it's no longer relevant anyway. And I'm here to tell you it absolutely is relevant. And the reason our country's in a mess that it is, and the reason our world's in a mess, is because that's the that's the stand that they've taken. You know, I just heard of a of a of a, another young person that is contemplating taking their own life. Let me tell you, you know, when when young people think that is a way out, something's seriously wrong with what we're doing as a society. Okay. Here, Paul, Paul tells Timothy, I'm giving you these instructions, even though I'm not there. I want to come. I can't come. But here's some instructions, and, and I want to read that, that second verse again. If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Okay? Now look at verse 1. He's going to talk about leadership in the church. Okay? Here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desire, desires a noble task. In that, that first verse, there are two words for desire. Some of your translations may have desire instead of aspire. How many of yours has aspire? It has desire, okay? That is a different word than the second desire. One of them is a desire that is outward. A person who desires the task would like to be in that, in that situation. The second one, the second desire, is an inward. Okay, there are two different words in the Greek. So they translate, in the later translation, they tra translate aspire, longs for, looks for, seeks after. Okay, we always thought that, that you know, you find somebody that really clamored and wants the job, probably not a good candidate. But this text says, no, 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 no. If a guy doesn't want it, you know, then he probably shouldn't be there. All right, and he said he desires, and some of your texts are going to say desires a good work. Now understand something, guys. There is definitely a leadership hierarchy, a leadership thing in the church that has to exist. You know, we're going to look at we're going to look at a couple of texts. I'm not may not go to both of them, but there's there are two texts that one of them we've already looked at is in 1 Peter chapter 5, and in that text, and and that one I want you to turn to. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5. And look at verse 1. 
To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that he is under your care, watching over them. All right? Three words that he uses for the same group. Shepherd, overseer, and elder. Okay? We get our, our word bishop, get our word pastor from. The word pastor did not come into being where they called a preacher a pastor until the 1300s. In the original text, a pastor was an elder. Wasn't necessarily a preacher. He was an elder. When you hear someone, I, I was watching something the other day and said that there are a lot of mega churches where there are two pastors, a husband-wife team, and they're both pastors. And I said, no, they're not. No, they aren't. Because you've misinterpreted the word. That word doesn't mean that. You know, not a preacher necessarily. Doesn't mean a elder can't preach, but it means that you don't call someone. Cole is not a pastor. He will tell you straight up he's not a pastor. He's a preacher. You know, a pastor is someone who is an elder, who is in this text. In this text, he uses all three words. All right. Now, let's go back to, to 1 Timothy. If you want, you can look in Acts chapter 20, and when he called the elders for the church at Ephesus, it uses the same three words, elders, shepherds, and overseers. Okay? Same three words for the same group of guys. They're not different groups of guys. Overseers are not one group. Shepherds are another group, and elders are another group. It's all the same group of guys. Okay? And then he said, and, and, the, and I want you to look at the words. The, the, word, the, the word here that he uses here as an overseer uh, is the word episkopos, and it means bishop. It can be translated bishop. It's where Catholicism got its term bishop from. Okay? You know, that, that is, they, they completely messed that up. But that's so, it can be translated bishop. But it's more commonly translated overseer. Then there's another one that the word elder is trans, is from the word presbyteros. And then the other one is shepherd, it's poimeno, and it means and that's the one that's translated pastors. So a shepherd and a pastor. Okay? You got it that we're talking about the same group of guys in Acts chapter 20. We're talking about the same kind of guys in 1 Peter chapter 5. And also talking about the same group of guys in Titus. Okay? Same, same group of guys. It is a leadership hierarchy that Paul and God put in place for the church to function in the first century. You know, the, you know, and I had somebody ask me one time, you know, well, what does y'all's church believe in? Who are y'all affiliated with? I said, we're not affiliated with anybody. We're affiliated with Christ. We're a New Testament church, and we believe that every church is autonomous. That means it stands on its own. That we get our marching orders from the text, and I said we have a we have a, a leadership in place that the text told us to put in place, and it's elders and deacons. Deacons are servants, special servants, and elders are shepherds and overseers and pastors. That's what they are. And and so you know when you look at this, I want you to look at the qualifications, and I, and and I'm not gonna we're not gonna do every one of these, but I really want you to pay attention to these qualifications. Okay? Because I think anyone in any place of leadership, any kind of leadership that you do, should aspire to these same kinds of leadership qualities. Okay? No matter what you do. Now listen to what he says. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He man must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall into the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. It's a mouthful, isn't it? You, sit, you, you read these and say, this guy's got to be perfect. 
when that what it looks like to you pick me out one of those things that that really jump out at you you see one that really jumps out at you any of them Husband. huh husband. a husband that you would pick the one that's the most controversial wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know? because in that text it says faithful to his wife that some texts some say the husband of one wife some texts say that there's a there's a a, a difference of opinion of what that means in some scholarly circles all right uh i remember when when the first betty fudge died bobby called me and he had met the second betty it was a year or so after and he and he said would you have a problem with me still serving as an elder if i got married again and i said are you kidding me are you kidding right he said no and i'm thinking where's this coming from well, i didn't know i didn't understand any of that he was un he was it was coming from this kind of mindset that people had that once you're married and you're done, you're done. Can't be can't be an elder anymore. And I'm going, that's ridiculous. But that's where some people have taken this. You know, and I told him, absolutely, absolutely I could serve with you. Absolutely. You know, because I didn't think that's what it meant. Because I, you know, as I've studied it through, I know what it, I know what it's trying to say. You know, we need to be, a man is faithful. They've talked about divorce guys and can a divorce guy be a, be, you know, and, and all that. And, you know, I'm not going to get into all the stuff that they talk about, but I'm telling you, this is where they get this from, okay? You know, I've got my own ideas about about somebody that's been divorced and remarried. I've got my own ideas about what what that, that guy, what qualifications he should have and what he may, and now you may have different, different ideas. That'd be fine. It'd be fine. Something we'd have to talk about. I have my own ideas about what it says. I'm not going to air them now, but I'm telling you that there's sometimes these things, you know, if you look at them, uh, they're different than maybe what you think they are. All right? Would you say that, that an elder needs to be the husband of one wife? It pretty much throws out polygamy, doesn't it? First off, I don't know why a guy would want to have more than one. I have a hard enough time with one. You know, sometimes I'm not sure which end of the which end is wagon which. I don't know if the tail or the I don't know what's going on for sure sometimes. But you know, I mean, you know, he has he need when he has a family situation, what is that guy supposed to look like? What is he supposed to look like? Huh? A leader in his home? Okay. Manages children, right? At what point does that go away? At what point do you think that that's not uh, that that's not relevant anymore? You have a, you have an idea, children. huh? The children. Well, there comes a point where the children are grown and they're going to make their own decisions. Okay. But if you, I'm not even. But we all strive to do what we need to do with them when they're young. We uh we had this this uh, uh, dialogue. Uh, between us for a long time there for a while when when Richard was here and Joe was here and, and they were having problems with some of their kids and 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 we had the dialogue about at what point is this no longer I won't say not relevant but what at what point do you, do you start to lose the ability to to be able to influence them at what yeah. point and it went is that is that covered here is that what it's talking about yeah, everybody in here I can see different places than going you know some some are going like this Everybody has a different idea. You can still influence, mm -hmm. but you can, well, you never could determine what they did anyway. So, <laughs> you, know, you can't control it. You've lost no. Well, I, I can tell you, sometimes we're going to make mistakes. Sure. As a church and as individuals. My prayer this morning as I was driving over here is, God, where we're wrong, please do not hold it against us. Please help us to fix this in a way that, that will be 
not hurt people, help us to fix whatever is wrong that we don't even maybe know about. So we're going to make mistakes here, guys. These are not unforgivable sins if we do, right? You want to try to find men. If you're looking for men, you're trying to find men that aspire to and have these qualities in increasing measure. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Look at some of the other ones. Uh, I, I think one of them is he has to have a good reputation with outsiders. People have to speak well of him. You know, I mean, I mean, I've seen elders not here, but I've seen elders that that didn't have a good reputation, and I've seen what it did to the churches. I've seen what it did to uh, to the to the membership when that that elder was one way at church and not the same way in the world, and it was devastating to a to it can be devastating to a group. So you have to be really careful. You know how when you when you look at people and it, and if you're if you're aspiring to be this way, you know I I, I have uh, I have gone to guys before. And 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 talk to them about maybe becoming an elder, and and seeing it looked like you hit them in the face with a bat. I'm I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've seen I've seen them absolutely, you know, sweat go poof out on their foreheads. You know, why do you think it's why do you think it's so? And and I, and I I'll ask you this question. Uh, why do you think some people hesitate to accept the leadership positions in the church? Now, we haven't even talked about deacons yet. We we'll probably won't get to them today. We'll probably do them next week. But why do you think? Because traditionally, traditionally, the church has not been an easy group to lead. Wow, did y'all hear that? Because traditionally, the church has not been an easy group to lead. Gary, what were you going to say? Responsibility. Responsibility? A lot of people, they, they don't want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When it's offered to them, they... They, they don't feel like they can do it. Mm -hmm. Lack, of confidence. Lack, Lack of confidence. confidence. That's right. Okay. I think all of those are true. Oh, yeah. I think if, everything y'all said is true, Mark. If you've led people, and that's what you did for 30 years, and now you're in retirement, mm -hmm. last thing you may want to do is have to lead people. <laughs> Especially people don't want to be led. You know, I mean, this, this church is really easy to shepherd. It really is easy to shepherd. It really is. Because this church... This church has no problem being led. Maybe it's because we've grown up to a point where we lead different now than we did before. I don't know what it is, Dan. But, you know, it, it's, it really is easy to lead, isn't it? It's, it's not like it was, Dan, it's not like it was before, is it? It's, it's a lot different to lead, to shepherd here now than it was before. Uh, but there was a lot of things going on before that are not in play, and we've grown up and matured. But, but you know, I, I understand, you know, I remember standing right there against that wall, right there by that clock. There wasn't a table there, and I had somebody in my face right here, and she's screaming at me about something I had no clue what she was talking about. <laughs> because I had just become an elder like a week before, and it was about what something somebody else did, and she's screaming at me right there. And, I, and I'm going, and I went to the other elders, and I said, man, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> this is not going to be fun at all. I said, and I asked Richard, I said, guy, do I have a target on me somewhere? Somebody, you know. And so I understand that, you know, it, but I believe when God calls a man, I believe when God calls him and he, and he accepts that call, he can put up with a lot. He'll put up with a lot. You know, I can remember times when Dan and I came out of meeting and said, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. This is not any fun. And this is killing me and killing my family. I've, I've been there. And Thankfully, God got us through it, and, and it's not that way. But when I look at these qualifications, I look at young men that are growing up now, and, and I'm telling you, 
You know, there is no finer ministry you can be a part of is to aspire to be an elder. I really believe that. Now, will you be held accountable? Absolutely. But if you're the if you're this kind of guy, if you have these kind of qualities, look at him again, guys. You know that he's not quarrelsome. He's not prone to drunkenness. You know, he's able to teach. He's respectable, hospitable, temperate, full of respect. He 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 leads his family. He doesn't let the, his wife lead. He leads his family. He leads it like because he's going to have to lead in the church. You know, sometimes sometimes you know sheep need to have their legs broke. I mean, that's just the way it is. I'm not talking literally. I'm talking about sometimes you have to you have to challenge somebody to get them where they need to be. That, you know, that was a common practice with shepherds. So if they had one that kept wandering off, it, they'd break his leg and he carried it over, his, over his shoulder so he couldn't crawl through the fence. My grandfather, when he had a cow that would crawl through the fence, he made a yoke and he, and he found a tree. He didn't, he didn't have any money. He found a tree that had a fork in it, and he'd take that fork and he'd cut it out and he'd smooth it off and he'd put it on that cow's neck and wired it across the back. She couldn't get through the fence. And she had to she had to walk with that, she had to eat with that thing on until she learned that she couldn't crawl through the fence anymore. Because it was a whole lot easier to do that than it was to go get her from across the fence. You know how hard it is to go get one of the sheep from across the fence? It's hard. Because when you get over there eating grass that maybe you don't you don't realize the grass is running by a rushing stream. You don't realize that that if I take one more step this way, I could fall in and you just eat. Because you you know, and you have no clue that that it, and you find sheep all the time that have been influenced by the by the pasture land out there because it is green out there. And Satan is gonna make it look he, he's gonna make it look so enticing. That's what he does. And and you know and, and and we agonize over the folks that we've lost. We've agonized over them. You know, and, and, and you get to a point sometimes when you know there's nothing else you can do. And it'll, it'll bury you. It'll burn you. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's that you want men that feel like that, that have that kind of passion, that have that kind of desire. That's what he's telling Timothy here. He said, find those guys. I, I, I just read a while ago where the church in Guerrero are looking to appoint elders. And I'm going, man, you know, Think about it. A church right in the middle of cartel country. Think about it. How difficult that must be, and yet you're going to find guys that are going to stand up and you know and stand in the gap. I've had to I've had to say at one point that there was there was someone that that caused a great deal of harm in this town that had worshipped here, and uh, and I told the other guy I said I will stand at the door with a bat, but that person's not coming back in this building. This person's going to kill somebody here, spiritually going to kill someone. And I said, I will not allow that to happen. It wasn't because I felt like the better thing, but Dan was right there with me. You know, we were, we'll stand at the door. This person's not coming back here. Can't. They had, they had written us a letter and been said in a kind of superficial apology. And, you know, there's a lot more that goes, but I'm just telling you that, that sometimes an eldership, an elder has to do that, has to stand up and say, you're not going to get past me. I won't let you get past me because you're not good for these little babies back here. These little babies are going to be destroyed because of you. And, you know, I heard somebody, you know, was telling me a while back that, well, I understand why they did this and why they did that. And that person said, because they are shepherds that God put at this church. You don't have to like what they do, but you have to accept and you have to, you know, and, you know, it's not that you give free reign to a shepherd, but if he has these qualities and he's been put in leadership, and God's put him there, then whose job is to take him out? Who's got whose job? God's, God's job. 
God's the one that's going to take him out. You know, if if we pick somebody and said, you know, because at some point, guys, you know it's coming. All right? Y'all know it's coming. I mean, we're down to three guys. Okay? Right now, it's pretty easy. What happens if it doesn't get so easy? What happens to him? You don't think we're coming after some of you? Huh? I'm looking at some in this room. Okay? Don't try to hide, man. You can't hide. I know where you live. But the point is, you know, maybe you need to start thinking about, is this what God may be calling me to do? And pray about it. Ask God, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this what you're looking for from me? And don't be afraid of what, you know, I, I, I told uh, somebody the other day, I said, this person has no idea that their fight is not against flesh and blood. Their fight is against somebody bigger than them, and they can't win. They can't win. And if we're and if, if the church today here at this place is in accordance with God's will, Satan cannot win. He can't. And the leadership, if we're in tune with what God says to do, you know what the leadership's going to do? Gonna we're going to we're going to incorporate God in everything, and say, God, tell us what to do, tell us where to go, how to do this. That's what you want from leadership, whether it's your elders or your deacons. And like I said, we'll get to deacons next week. Now. Any of these, any of these uh, jump out at you? Any, any of these qualifications? Any of them? Yeah, David. He mentions twice in uh, just a couple paragraphs uh, to manage your children household well. He, mm -hmm. he's, he's really uh, thinking about that. Well, when you understand that that most of the time an elder is going to be a man that's that's older, okay. Not because of the word, but because he has the experience that's necessary. And children are included. And, and, and so when you look at the church, and you look at, at how God sees the church, how, how, see, how do you think God looks at this room? He looks at this room as his children. Many in here have been converted, have been washed by the blood, and they're his children. Some are not. But he looks at them as his children. How do you feel? How do you feel about your children? How do you feel about Liam? Would you give whatever is necessary to make sure Liam is taken care of. Would you give your life? What about you? You know? How about you guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you think God feels? So what is the expectation of a, of a leader then? I'm going to put you in charge. If you take your children to somebody and leave them overnight, what is your expectation? When you when you take her, Liam to your mother, what's your expectation? That your mother's going to do. Going to take care of him. Not going to let anything happen to him, right? Anything beyond within her power, right? So when God puts His church, His family, His little kid, His little children, in under the oversight of his, of these men, what do you think He's expecting from them? Take care of them. Take care of them. Is it daunting? Yeah, it's daunting. But you know what? If, if if you send Liam to your mom's house, what a what do you know? What does your mom know? I can I can call Jared or Sarah, say I've got a problem, and boom, y'all live out of town. You'll be there. How long will it take you? Ten minutes? Oh, well, we get a call at two o'clock in the morning. I have to be there. That's a long way. Okay, let, let me tell you, they live a long ways from her mom. From your mom, I'll, I'll be a long way. Eleven minutes is flat. But you see, what do you think when when one of us goes to God and says I've got a problem? Got a problem with one of your children, and I don't know what to do. You know, this is really, this is really tearing us up. What do I do? What do you think God's going to do? What are you going to think He's going to do with His child? You think He's going to intervene? You think He's going to step in? You think He's going to do what's necessary? 
So a guy that's conspired needs to know that he's not in this alone. He's not in it alone. He's in it, you know, even if he's a deacon, and, and we'll talk about that next week. Even if he's not in it, he's in it with the, with the guy that's in charge. We're not in charge. He is. And it's his place. All right? Now, I got a couple of questions that I want to ask you. Okay? I want to ask you what, this question here. How have you benefited from the ministry of a church leader where you might have worshipped? Not here necessarily, but where you might have worshipped. How have you benefited from some church leader, some elder in a church somewhere? How have you benefited from them? How has that, how has that benefited you? Have you ever had that experience? Yeah. Hold on. Kale? Conflict management. Conflict management? Okay. Just being able to have a disagreement in the church, go to the elder, mm-hmm. ask them, you know, I've got this problem. And then because they're older and have had to deal with things like that, give me a different perspective okay. on how to, on how to approach so it. So in his case, he got a different perspective from a church leader somewhere that made an impact in his life. David? Someone that hasn't been around people for a long time. <laughs> Know, uh, maybe their whole lives groups okay are uh, teaching okay someone to deal with it all right you somebody know what I'm saying yeah I know exactly what you're saying okay. somebody somebody specific have you had something specific a church leader somewhere where you worship that really encouraged or benefited you really made an impact in your life anybody me oh, okay you know how how did how did how did that work? I mean, I'm not trying to bring accolades. That's why the way I phrased the question was a church leader wherever you worship. Not necessarily here, but but no one said me. Okay, how did that work? Well, I shared some things with me Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Somebody have an experience from somebody other than here? Because I've got one. I've got one that I'm gonna that I'm gonna share. Yeah. Dan Marshall and his wife have been really been an encouragement to you. Really benefited you from 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 his position. Okay. Yes. Bobby Fudge. Bobby Fudge. Uh, the reason Susan and I are here. Mm-hmm. That's him and his wife. Yeah. They just kept coming and visiting us. Yeah. We lived in Placido, you know. Yeah. And she lived, you know, we were close friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just kept on us. And Bobby. We, him and his wife. Yeah. The reason we started yeah. coming back to church okay. here. All right. Anybody else? Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends for 30 years was a preacher. Mm-hmm. In Nolanville. Mm-hmm. And uh, he... he he brought me through many things. Okay. He was there for you then? All the time. As a leader. Okay. I have two. One was Noah Crisp. Yeah. Noah Crisp is uh, uh, is the reason that I teach. It's the reason that I, that I believed in myself to, to the point where I could teach. Uh, he was, he was uh, very influential in my life very early on. I remember him coming to my shop. I had a shop out at the airport. I was the only one there, and he came out and he walked up. And you know, when Noah came to talk to you, you know, you know, it's probably not going to be good, you know, for you. Work's involved. Yeah, 
and he came to me and he said, uh, he said, I got a job for you. And I said, really? This does sound good. He said, I want you to be a deacon. And I'm going, okay. I have a clue what that meant. But, you know, he, he was the one that, that, uh, that came to me. He didn't call me on the phone. He came to me and said, I got this for you to do. And the other one was Gary McLaurin. I mean, uh, Roy McLaurin. You know, Roy, Roy is, was, uh, when I became an elder, was absolutely influential in my life to show me how not to do this. He was very adamant about what not to do and how to, and how to, and how to, to deal with people. And it just, it was, it was, it was a wealth of information, just a wealth of, of, of support for me uh, early on, which, which really he, those two men helped me become who I am today. I don't know that I'd be where I am if it hadn't been for those two guys. Yeah? He was very good at, at that. At, and and I, I think every, every leader has a different way of dealing with things. Okay? They're not all going to, we're not going to all be Roy McLaren. There was only one of him. Okay, that th thankfully we're not going to all be like him. Thank God they're not all going to be like me. They're going to be different in the way they approach things and situations. And God melds people together because Dan and, and James and I are completely different in who we are, where we come from. But yet He He melds us together to lead, and that's what God does. That's how He does this. All right. So many of you have had experiences, right? Is that what you're saying? Many of you have had experience. Okay. All right. Oh man. What do you, here's what practices should elders and deacons avoid? Just just from your own what what is practices you think they should avoid? Elders and deacons, what should they avoid? And well, and I'll bring this question up again next week because we're going to be talking about deacons next week, and and we have some of them in here. Okay. So, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it, all right? Yeah, somebody? Arguing over godless ideas. Okay, arguing over godless ideas. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one, man. <laughs> That's good. We've done that before. Yeah. Arguing over stuff didn't make it better about nothing. <laughs> huh? Yes, ma'am. So what you're saying, Linda Winters is saying that we need to, that elders and leaders, leaders of health need to be mindful that to be, to be non-judgmental and to not be harsh. And it's very easy to do sometimes, especially if you bring, bring your own life into it. It's, you know, and I'm not making, I'm not justifying. I'm just telling you, you know, I appreciate that because it took, it, it takes a long time to get to a point where you look at life from a, from a different perspective where it's not judgmental. Because you can get really judgmental really quickly if you don't watch out. Right, and I know there's right and wrong. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But it depends on how you, you approach. Your Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think that's I, that's a great one. That leadership in general should avoid. Now I got a question here that I want to. We only got a three three or four minutes. I want. I got this question now. Probably we'll probably look at this again next week. All right. As you look at these leadership qualities, 
Which positive ones would you like to see more of in your own life? Which of the positive ones would you like to see more of in your own life? How come everybody got really quiet and nobody's hand waving? I don't know. I don't Good point, Nancy. We can leave. They have, yeah, I'm gonna, you need to sit here so they can see who you are. Nancy said, I don't need a wife. I never dreamed anybody would come up with that. So what's, what's, a, what's one of the positive qualities that you would like to have more of in your life? So, yeah, Jim. Managing your children. Managing your children well. They're they're good. Okay. Somebody. Yeah. They, all of them. All of them. Yeah. So any? Yes, Aaron. I think one of the things is like managing your children because you want to raise a kid to be decent, so that way when they're older, you want to correct the bad behavior at a younger age. So it doesn't get to be a bigger issue because I see like, you know, on TV, like, you know, you see that the children now are teenagers and becoming like uncontrollable, it seems like, you know, and mm -hmm. and they don't respect any kind of authority, whether it be a teacher or like, any, you know, any, any, any adult in the street. And it's just mind boggling to me that like, your your mom is sitting behind you and she. Well, I, I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, cool, bro. You, you, then I think about now. I'm like, hey, but man, some of the stuff we would do, like my dad's welding rods, like breaking the floods off them, just to see, like you know the. But like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's important, you know, to really. Did you teach my kids how to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I think back now, I think back, I traveled a lot of water rods, didn't have any flex on. You know, I find them playing with them in the, in the driveway. I'm going, guys, <laughs> now I know where they got it from. Also, the teenage years sometimes can be challenging yeah. in a lot of so I'm gonna say it right now, Aaron. Lord, I love you. Fear. I mean, you know, it's like, but like, yeah. Hey, guys, it, you know, there, there are these qualities, and I knew that was gonna, this was gonna really open it up. So we're gonna come back to these next week because I got another question that said, which one of the negative ones would you like to eliminate from your life? Okay. So there's some ones here that maybe you'd like to eliminate some of them. Maybe it's a, maybe I, may, maybe, and I'm not picking on anybody. I don't know any of this, but maybe. I need to quit drinking so much. Maybe that's a quality that maybe you say, you know what, maybe I need to stop doing that. Maybe, uh -huh. I, I think the biggest one, because I mean, I'm not old enough to qualify as an elder yet. Sure. Uh, but the biggest one is that a lot of men need to aspire to leadership. I agree. Yeah. Because I think that there's a lot of men Yo, here. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Wait a minute. Did you hear what he said? Yes. A lot more men ought to aspire to leadership. Quit being afraid. Yeah. Okay. Let God lead you if that's what He's going to do. There's a lot of men that, and when you get look you at this list, and they say, "Well, I'm not qualified." Like, I don't know about that. I think a lot of you, I think a lot of men are qualified, and, well, and they're just being a little over. I think there's there's some young guys in here. You need to be listening to what He's saying. Yes. You need to look at it and say, "This is something that if God wants me to do, I will do." Yeah. That's what it means to aspire. If God will, wants me to do this, I will do this if he wants me. So if, if he's going to call me to it, then I need to start implementing these in my life. Yeah. I need to start becoming this kind of man. And then not say, oh, well, I'm afraid. No, I don't. Now, if God's calling you, who's in charge here? Who's in charge? All right. 
We're going to pick this up next week because I ain't finished. We ain't finished by a long shot yet, all right? I got some more questions I want to ask. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I'm not.